Hello, dear Starshines. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to today's lunchtime chat. I'll pause right here and give everybody all the dear Starshine fam to get together and, and get on board. For those of you who are new, my name is Christina and I'm an acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about topics and issues that are significant for us starseeds, way showers, and new paradigm visionaries. We have capacities, abilities that are not embraced by our larger human family. Therefore, we have very unique perspectives to today's challenges and the chaos that we're facing in today's world. So I am here to do to the best of my ability to meet you on those levels and also share a liberated perspective to these, uh, to these uh, challenges. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you guys are here. Holy moly, I swear I just went through plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D <laughs> to get to a place uh, that I can have internet so I can do these chats with y'all. Uh, yeah, okay. So there are a few things that um, we're going to be talking about. Let me get my little notes up here so I can, so I can be succinct with them. Oh, okay. So last week, we're going to talk about planetary changes. <clears throat> And I didn't get to that because we kind of went getting on a roll in a different direction. So um, I want to talk about the planetary changes and uh, <clears throat> what we, I want to put them into perspective for us as multidimensionals. Because I know there's a lot of fear mongering going on. There's a lot of um, narratives out there that are really triggering our deep subconscious um, unresolved castrophobia issues, stuff like this. So I want to talk about the earth's changes, the kinds of things that I'm seeing. And also I posted in our rise of the multidimensional human group and in our telegram group, um, a, a video that I'm going to be commenting about. And this is a video done by, actually, I'll put it in this group too. I think it still might be in the memory here for me to paste it. Uh, yes, it is. So I'm going to post it in the, right here too in the comments. And uh, this video is a channeled message. And you guys know that I really don't take, I don't put, put much weight in channelings because pretty much everything that is channeled without, without exception is filtered through a lens. And that's a subconscious lens that's cultivated by our experiences in the Akasha, but also um, our experiences uh, in, in our biosuit, the conditioned responses within our biosuit, with the kinds of belief systems we've inherited in our ancestry. Okay, so there's a lot of filtering that goes on with channeled messages. It's not to say that it's all bad or anything like that. I don't, I don't mean that at all. It's just that it's always flavored by the filter of the channeler. So um, I want to talk about how I use my truth compass to, to filter out things because there are some channeled works that really resonate with me that, um, that hit a place deep inside and I, and they kind of, um, I kind of relate a lot of other things to those resonances. So I want to talk about that. I posted the link here and I also posted the link in our telegram group, multidimensional human and the rise of the multidimensional human group in Facebook. Now it was originally um, posted in that group um, with somebody mentioning that they resonate with this and was asking if other people resonate with this and then a few other people chimed in saying that they are a fan of um, Child Blossom. Now uh, the recording itself and it could just be me but it's super cheesy. <laughs> the way the conversation is going super cheesy but the information um i i want to talk about because that is something that um i have been exposed to many years ago in conjunction with some other things too so i want to dive deeper into that and i also want to talk about you know i know people are saying that the light has already won right and and that in a lot of ways is already so because we have already decided on these outer nesting doll layers that are creating our reality. And now it's just time to see how it plays out in this, in this density, in this, in this 3d space. But um, that's not to say that things aren't difficult. And I think a really good barometer of how desperate those powers that be that um, have lost, so to speak, um, 
what they do when they're, you know, uh, you know, they want to take out as much as possible. It's kind of like the slash and burn kind of mentality. So I want to talk about the escalation of the narratives and how it is actually a reflection that we're winning. <laughs> and I know it may not feel that way because some of those narratives are pretty freaking intense. Um, but I want to go by, I want to go through them and, uh, and see uh, what you guys think. All right, so let's, let's see. All right, did this thing, yeah, 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 we're going. We're, it says, yep, 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 okay. I'm just checking because right now it seems like, uh, I'm not sure if it's, five by five or not. Let me check in with my dear sister, Beverly. Um, what's going on here? I just want to check with her that this transmission is coming through. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. All right, so I just want to check because normally I hear a lot. There's a lot more chatter going on, and I'm not getting a lot of chatter. So um, say hello if you're here. Let me know you're here because I'm not really seeing any any um, numbers or, or anything uh, saying that um, y'all are here. I usually have my dear sister Starshines that are, are saying hi from, from, you know, all the different places that you guys are hanging out from. All right. Oh, okay. I'm just not seeing the comments. That's what it is. Okay. I don't know why I'm not seeing them. Mm -hmm. Let's see if I hit this. Nope. Hit that. Nope. Okay. Uh, okay, guys. So normally I'd be saying hi to y'all, but I can't because for some reason your comments aren't coming up on my feed. So uh, that might be a little bit of a problem because you guys, you normally have a conversation, right? So I'm going to have to ask dear Beverly, if you can screenshot some of the comments and send them to me or um, copy paste them or something with any of the questions that pop up. Um, and I need to ask, did the link that I post in the comments make it to you guys? Uh -huh. Just let me know if that happened. Okay. All right, we'll be going back and forth here. Yep, it's there. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me updated. All right. So let's talk about these planetary changes. Because uh, <laughs> there are a lot of planetary changes. And this is going far, far, far beyond the climate change, global warming narrative. Far, far beyond. And, and when you really see the bigger picture, it's a little bit scary. But it also shows you how absolutely ridiculous the um, the the uh, climate change narrative is. You know, it's like, listen, the Earth's cycles, its environment, its seasons. You know, its atmosphere on the highest levels, on the most highest um, layers of the atmosphere, the electromagnetics. The, the inner magnetics, all this stuff is changing drastically, okay? So it doesn't matter how much CO2 we are, how much CO2 tax is out there and not out there, okay? Absolutely, absolutely ridiculous beyond belief. Let me paint the picture for you, okay? I'm not trying to make people mad. I'm just, just let me paint the picture for you. Number one, we have CMEs, coronal mass ejections, all right? These things come from the sun, and when they come, even when they're not directed at our planet, they affect our planet's magnetic field, okay? And it not only affects our magnetic field, it also affects the inner layers of the, um, the, the inner layers of the, um, underneath the continental plates. Those magnetics get get impacted as well. And if you guys um, want the, the hard scientific data on this, I encourage you to check out Suspicious Observer. I like his videos because they're really short and you can watch a bunch of them and get a broad view of the data sets that are out there. And he also has some super chats going on where you can get deeper into the information. Okay. So I like it because it's in small chunks and brain doesn't get overwhelmed, but you see the data right in front of you. So this is not just electromagnetics. It's also radiation, broad spectrum radiation. Some of the most impactful is gamma radiation. Okay. I talked about gamma radiation in some past chats. In the pop 
culture mythology, gamma, radi gamma radiation is, it creates mutations. It causes the human to mutate in different directions. For example, the Hulk is a result of gamma radiation. Okay, now I know this is a, this is a fiction character, but I'm talking about a collective, a collective mythos, all right, that is based in some level of truth because radiation activates activates DNA, activates um, organic growth. It stimulates growth in different ways. Okay, the CMEs, so they have their electromagnetic impact, they have the radiation impact, and then they have, if you're into the whole idea about light being consciousness, it's also releasing massive amounts of data of um, transformative consciousness through our heliosphere which we are all bathed in. So not just us on this planet Earth, but all the planets within this heliosphere. Hence, backing up the hypothesis that Dave Wilcock way back when um, was sharing that all the planets in our solar ring are heating up, not just the Earth, okay? And this is a result of changes in our sun, okay? All right, then we also have the um, that electromagnetic impact that our CMEs have and the, and the and the sunspots have and, you know, different activities of the sun, um, it has a direct impact on the electromagnetic field around our planet. The planet's electromagnetic field is weakening. And that is proven to us by, uh, by the northern, the, the tones, the colors within the northern lights. It's showing that the radiation is going deeper and deeper through the outer atmospheres layers of our atmosphere on this planet by the different colors that it creates. So the more, you know, turquoise yellowy, it's still, you know, it's still, it's not that deep within our outer atmosphere, but when it gets deep into our atmosphere, like that radiation goes deeper than normal than usual, let's say, then that's where you get the magentas and those really bright um, intense hues. So the reports are that the Northern lights have become extremely extremely intense in their hue towards the magenta part of the spectrum, which means that the cosmic radiation is penetrating our Earth's electromagnetic field more than ever. Normally, it would only happen with geo geomagnetic storms, but now it's happening even without intense geomagnetic storms, okay? So there's that. Then you also have the fact that our sun, or not our sun, our planet's rotational spin is speeding up. It's faster than they ever imagined it ever be able to speed up. Every single day, the days are getting shorter, 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 shorter by nanoseconds. But these nanoseconds have been going on for a couple years now, a few years now. Not every day, but now it's getting to be every day. So there's, they are measuring they are measuring that quite literally the days are getting shorter because the earth is spinning faster. And that has an impact on consciousness. And then we also have additional cosmic radiation coming into our solar ring, thanks to um, photons from exploding novas from not that long ago, or um, that have, sorry, I'm saying this backwards, that have exploded long ago, and that radiation is finally meeting our solar ring. But then you also have our dear, um, our, um, our, our cluster of Cygnus, now, those, those of us in the academy have talked about Cygnus a lot, and many of us have really significant um, uh, connections with Cygnus, but Cygnus is also creating stars, which is eliminating or releasing a lot of intense gamma radiation and other spectrums of radiation in our direction. So it's not just the regular amount of cosmic radiation that we're dealing with, it's more than usual, and combine that with the weakening of the electromagnetic field because of the sun, Okay, you see, you see where I'm going with that. Okay, and then you also have the Schumann resonance, resonance that's spiking. So, so we are quite literally getting squished, <laughs> you know, we're getting squished by, you know, all this cosmic activity. And then you have all of the, um, the earth, the earth um, seismic activity and all the, uh, all the energy movement in, in this way too. And it's impacting us like this. Now it's not just like this in the 3D realm, it's also in, from inside of us outside and from the outside inside, 
Okay, so these changes are really, really intense that we're going through. But don't worry, I'm not, I'm not painting the picture for doomsday. I'm painting the picture for massive transformation. Okay, because we are multidimensional beings. But we need to start creating from that interdimensional, multidimensional space. And when we do that, we do not have to... Our creation doesn't come in the... Um, isn't limited to what our current science tells us. We can quite literally pull miracles out of nothing, okay? We can pull potentials out of the void, out of absolutely nothing. We can do that. But we can't do that if we're saddled by fear. Oh, I have to say, I really miss not seeing all your guys' comments because normally <laughs> normally y'all are chiming in when I'm talking like this, letting me know that it's okay, that it's not too harsh what I'm saying. Okay, but there's, all right, so there's more changes. So and this is where, you know, we really need to get, comfortable with our truth compass when we're get, when we're receiving information that's potentially really challenging or triggers our fear buttons okay because if you think about this system that's been in place the powers that be that have been in place right uh we're gonna say the um all right we'll first start with the ruling class we have the ruling elite the 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 banksters and uh you know the, the one, the top one percent, right? The people in the WEF, the people um, in the um, all these different organizations that are making decisions, steering our world. You know the whole um, La Cucaracha game that they did, and the whole and in the jibbity jab thing and the surveillance stuff, all that, right? There's those systems are not going to go down, um, you know, easily. You have to realize those systems are not going to go down easily. And the very structures that have held those systems in place, I'm talking about interdimensional, um, you know, those are falling rapidly and new structures are arising. And it's because each of us, you, me, the people like us, the, the star shines like us, the awakened star seeds, right? like us, we are creating new, entirely new grids of consciousness and connecting them in and anchoring them in by our very being here. Okay. So, so as this collapse is happening, a rise is happening as well. Okay. So I'm getting, uh, so when it comes to being able to navigate these things, we first need to understand that fear Fear is a, a frequency that draw that our biosuit has been wired to draw our attention so we react out of survival and we are no longer creating with our multidimensional vastness, with our vast resources of create of creative force. We're instead uh, creating, taking action on these, these very narrow bandwidths of frequencies. Okay, survival, what we call survival, right? So when the, the powers that be, they want to keep us in a narrow bandwidth. So we think this is all we have to work with when we want to create something, when we want something to be so. But as we wake up as multidimensionals, we start to realize we can quite literally pull the encodements of whatever it is that we want to create from the void space itself and digest it through our system and then the means to create that actually comes to us it becomes magnetized to us right and then we get a team together and then now we're cooking and our our dream is being realized it's on its way to being realized but we can't do that if we are focused on this little bandwidth right here that keeps us locked in survival locked in this this idea that we only have we have a finite amount of tools to create what it is that you want. For example, say if I say to you, if you could do anything that you want, what's the one thing you would do? What's, what's the thing that you would love to do with your life if money wasn't an issue, right? All right, first you have to be able to get into the space to feel in your heart space what is it that you'd really want, of course, right? That That is work because we've trained ourselves not to go for our dreams. We've trained ourselves to go with what's realistic, okay? But say all that was, uh, you know, that's how deep our program is. So when someone says to you, pretend there are no limits, what would you do? What would What's your dream to do, you know? Um, a lot of people would 
shout out things perhaps that they think is impossible. Why do they think it's impossible? Because they don't have the resources. They don't have the, um, the tools. They don't have, they don't know how to begin. I mean, there's all this, there's this list. They don't have the time. Uh, they don't have the know-how. They don't have the money. Usually money is the big one, right? That's a, that's a real strong control system. But if none of those things are, were, an, were a barrier, which dreaming the world into being makes that a, no, a non-issue, right? Then we would be creating the world that we want, okay? You'd be creating the life situation that you want. One of the things that's important to me is to be able to exist on this planet without being a plague upon this planet because all of our systems are engineered for to be a plague upon this planet. I mean, just flick, flicking the light switch on in your house is is a system built on suffering, okay? Think about how they mine coal. Think about all the humans that get harmed in the mining process. I mean, the whole black lung thing, you know, they work their entire lives and then they retire and then they die, <laughs> you know? I mean, the, the coal workers are a great example. And then you have um, how we, uh, how we, how we uh, mine for things, how we dig for things, how we harvest things. It's harmful to the environment. It destroys ecosystems. It destroys communities, especially if it's in a third world country somewhere. It destroys, you know, it destroys the beauty of some place. So it's pretty much everywhere we turn, whether it's turning the light switch on or going to the grocery store for something, our very existence is a weight upon this planet, is a plague. It's a, uh, a taxing upon the ecosystem of this planet. So, so one of the things that I would like to create is a lifestyle, a way of living where I'm not a part of that system, where I don't have those systems. I'm not relying on those systems for my, for my needs, for my survival, for my community, for my happiness, right? And this is, uh, so this is like perhaps it's building earthships where everything is self-contained and independent and you don't need to be in any kind of grid system. Maybe it's, you know, going into a more simplistic type of lifestyle where, you know, closer to the how maybe Amish or Mennonites may be existing. Not that they don't have their problems too, but you know, you know what I mean? There's, there's ways to exist without being attacked on this planet. And it's in part of what I want is to figure out that way. And I'm not just figuring it out by how much money do I have? Do I buy land? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I, you know, I have to get a builder. I have to do that. You know, that's not what I'm doing at all. I am dreaming this into being. I'm pulling these encodements through from the void space. And it's not a, you know, here it's, it's a zero to done. It's a baby step process, right? Because I'm not alone. It's a co-creation with my community, right? So, so think about what is it that's important to you? What would you love? Would you love to just have a regenerative existence in relationship to this planet? <laughs> would you love to, um, you know, be able to help um, create different education systems for our children? I mean, what would you want to do? And then you can actually start utilizing dream time to to bring these things forward now i know i talked about this before but the reason why i'm saying this now is more in relationship to how we get tricked into making decisions out of fear and this is the example i have so i'm looking into how to exist without being part of the system that is a plague on our planet and the plague on our ecosystem a plague on people the plague on the beauty of life, right? And of course, part of that is something called ICs, what, I'm, what I call ICs, intentional communities. So these are people of like mind get together and they build these intentional communities. Some of them are off grid. Some of them are sort of on the grid. Some of them are like Waldorf communities. Some of them are um, centered around religions like ashrams. Some of them are centered around different, um, uh, you know, spiritual beliefs. You know, there's all sorts of ICs. And many of them, most of them that I've come across so far, don't really work. They have a lot of problems and they do often end up failing with the exception of some of the um, ones based in really strong religious beliefs, such as the Amish and the Mennonites. You know, they, they seem they've been together for what hundreds of years, right? They, they've managed to exist. So um, it's interesting what their secret is, but it's, it's, for me, I see it as a rigidity, a rigid religious system, which that doesn't work for me either. So 
so uh, so I'm here in Mexico, and there are, of course, ICs being built around here. There are several expats that have been pursuing creating ICs in Mexico for many years. You guys maybe heard of some of them. There's some some of them are found on religion, some on different you know um, education philosophies, all this other stuff. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because there's a particular IC that I'm looking at, and it's not it's having trouble getting off the ground, and it's because a lot of people are buying in out of fear. They are getting invested in creating this IC out of fear. They're not getting invested in this IC because they it's a part of their envisioning of what they truly want to create with their life force, okay? It's not an envisioning thing. They want a place to, instead it's out of fear. They want a place that they, that they can go if shit hits the fan, <laughs> right? So that means the field of the, the potential, the field potential that, that that IC has is now extremely limited. It's not open and vast. It's actually not, it can't touch the quantum, you know, creating on a quantum level because many of the people are doing it out of fear. They're not doing it out of, yes, this is where I want to spend my life direction. This is a vision that's true to my heart. This is something that really rocks my world and I want to see if it's possible. I want to make the impossible possible by doing this right? If everybody was joining that IC in that way, the field that the creative field of its potential would be different than what it is. And the problem is, is that getting something going takes a lot of energy. Once it's going, then it's great. It's a lot easier to get people to buy in because, you know, there's not so much building and troubleshooting and all kinds of other stuff that comes with creating something out of, you know, a, a land of jungle, right? There's, there's things and there's a lot of work to clearing land and then, uh, and then bringing materials in and building and all this stuff. And a lot of people rather not do that uh, because it's not in their heart. It's not a vision. It's not a vision they believe in. See, we need to get people together where everybody believes in this vision. And this is what the powers that be are doing to the collective. They are stimulating the collective in such a way that people are locked in fear. They are locked in the what if, and they want a backdoor. They want a backup plan for when shit goes south because they're in fear rather than saying, yeah, okay, that's, that's a narrative that's going on, but I'm still going to wake up today and do what my heart's desire. I'm still going to wake up today and be grateful for getting up out of bed and having this breath of life and, and having the energy I have to move forward with my dream. That takes a lot of strength, of focus. That takes a lot of character. That takes a lot of um, trust in your own truth compass, okay? And our truth compass, this is where it all comes down to our truth compass. We really need to trust our truth compass. And it's difficult to trust it when everybody else is doing the opposite of what our truth compass is telling us to do. Believe me, I know, I get it. But, uh, but we need to do this. So I wanted to, so um, I know I'm kind of bouncing around here, but I'm, I'm trying to tie it all in together. So, all right, I'm gonna go into some of these narratives that are getting heightened to freak us out, okay? Of course, the one that's most in our face, right, is, well, maybe, all right, almost most in our face. In the U.S., it's really in our face, right? That's, you know, World War III. We have, you know, what NATO is doing with uh, Russia and the Ukraine. And now we found out that the United States is the one that blew up the pipeline. Oh, sorry. Uh, you know, we blew up the pipeline to our allies. So our allies can't, so their people can't get <laughs> the resources they need to stay warm in the winter. Yeah, that, that's what the U.S. does to their allies, folks. Yeah, see, they're not for the people. They're clearly for another kind of agenda, right? So there's that. Then there's the added World War III dynamic with Taiwan and China. There's this whole thing going on. They're amping up that, that escalating that narrative. They're also escalating the, um, the vaccine mandate narrative, especially in Ozzyland. I don't know if you guys know this, but they passed a law in Ozzyland that if you're unvaccinated, you can't, um, you have to stay within 15 miles of your house, like the, uh, like you're registered with the, and I think it's only certain states that this is so, and 
normally my Aussie friends, you guys would be able to chime in and let me know if this is affecting you. But if you um, if you're unvaccinated, that means you have to stay within 15 miles of your home and get permission to go out out, out of that radius, stuff like that. And they're just now starting to enforce that enforce that game. And then, of course, there's um, uh, in the United States, it's blown open that SADS is a thing. People are dying left and right because of the not just the la cucaracha, but the uh, but the jibbity jab. That is really in people's face. So that's also escalating tensions. And then you have um, Dr. Greer revealing the whole uh, secret blue beam program. Holy crap. Just in his trailer. I mean, two minute trailer. He's blasting that stuff open. Right. And then you have the um, the uh, the the weather, the weather anomalies. Uh, the, there's this threat of financial collapse. There's a threat of food shortages. There's a threat of the the, the government going to come and take your land if you have overabundance of food, as in if you started stockpiling food for some reason. I mean, all these narratives just escalate, 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 escalate. And they're getting a lot of people preparing for doomsday, preparing for whatever, right? And I'm not saying don't be prudent, but I am saying check yourself. What is truly what you want? What is in the quantum field potential that you want to bring forward? You are, as a multidimensional being, have you have as much power as these narratives. The reason why these narratives have power is because it triggers the fear and then we, then we contribute into anchoring that narrative into the um, narrative into the collective. Now, there are narratives that have been introduced to the collective that the collective and the majority thought was absolutely ridiculous and the narratives didn't really go anywhere even though they tried really hard. A great example is the whole monkeypox thing, right? Dude, that that was so ridiculous. Very few people gave that any weight or even cared and therefore they had to they had to let that story go. They had to find a way to make that resolve, right? Um, and then there's other narratives like that that they've tried to launch it didn't, it, you know, fell flat and then they had to figure something out about it. Right. And then you have, you know, all kinds of the political stuff with um, with Biden and all that stuff. So, that you know, these these narratives we need to understand are there to be triggering. They're not there to inform us, like inform us and like this is what you really need to know. No, that's not what it's doing. So, you know, smart people or prudent people, I should say, have already shut the news off and don't listen to the news anymore. You pick and choose where you put your attention. Um, I have one news source and I give it 10 minutes in my day. It's a newsletter. I read it. If I get it read in that 10 minutes, great. And if not, oh, well, it's done. I'm not going to pay attention anymore. And that's it. And I might research some of the stories that the newsletter mentions just to fact check the guy because, you know, I don't want to, I'm not, a, I don't trust anybody blindly. And, and that's it. And I just do that just to stay abreast of current affairs. That's, that's the only reason why I do that. Every other ounce of energy of my day is going towards the things I want to be doing that day. Uh, working, with, working with the people in the academy, um, envisioning what we're doing uh, for the Keepers training in our HAL program, envisioning what's the next step for, for our group, um, learning how to do um, more... Um, a wide and spread transformational processes, like how to be more impactful, stuff like this. I mean, that that's the stuff that is the, you know, it's the, my, my uh, jam to my peanut butter. So I love that stuff. And that's where I'm going to put my energy. That's where I'm going to put my focus. That's what has most my bandwidth, all this other stuff, just a little tiny bit. Okay. And it's because I, I want to create from the quantum. I want to create, my intention is to create from the, that realm of infinite possibility. And when we create from those levels, remember, it's not about manifestation, which your ego driver wants. It's about the, what's the truth inside of us. This is that truth compass again. The truth inside of me. Am I, the ego driver me, in good alignment, harmonic alignment with the truth that's inside of me. And when those two things sync up, it's powerful. You can pull these things right out of the ethers, right out of the deep primordial void space. And then the, then you have to do the process of digesting all that. And the digesting all that looks like a healing process. It looks like a forgiveness practice. It looks like a letting go process. You see? So, so, you know, by doing our work in this way, uh, you know, we're able to digest these things. 
so, all right, hold on one second. Here's a comment coming in. Let me uh, check that out again. I totally missed the, darn it, hit the wrong button. Let me see what we have. Is that really our business as lightworkers? I choose to hold space for us. Right. So, right. Is that our business as lightworkers? Yes. All right. Well, it depends. It depends where you're at. Without where I'm at, I just give it 10 minutes a day and that's it, right? 10 minutes a day and that's it. If something's triggering, I process it. And this is actually our work as lightworkers. We can process things, you know, process, see what it triggers inside of us transmute the trigger, go deep, deep, deep into the source, transmute the trigger, and now we're not triggered anymore. And the reason why it's important to transmute that trigger is because it's, it's in the way of us being tuned into our truth compass, right? And then you get your truth, then you get your truth compass back online. See, if you just want to be blind and, you know, la, 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 you know, I don't see any of this, then, you know, no one's going to take you seriously because you're, you know, you're not with them and the things that they're engaged with. If you're with them or, you know, if people are saying, hey, this, this, and this, and this is really freaking me out. And you're like, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just in happy land over here. They're not going to take you seriously. But if you say this, this, and this is freaking me out and you're like, oh yeah, I know. I see that. that that's totally a thing. Well, you know how I look at it. You know, and I mean, this is what I'm doing with the liberated perspective, right? It's like I take these things, I orientate, I deal with the triggers, and then I share with you guys where I got with that, where I'm at with it, right? And this is, and this is the thing. These, these narratives are getting more intense, more intense, more intense because we're winning. The, the quantum movement, let's say, is winning. We are winning. We are, we are waking up to ourselves and mass. And I mean, not just a few, not just 144,000, whatever that number was. No, 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 no. There are hundreds of millions of us. There are hundreds of millions of us all around the world, all waking up. And think about the consciousness grids we're anchoring in now. We're awake to it inside. We connect with each other. We connect in dream time. We're anchoring consciousness grids that are completely different than what was there before. You see, and now the, those narratives don't get the traction that they once would. And it's a step-by-step -step process. We can't just say, you know, yeah, well, you guys are suffering over there because it's your choice. See ya. You know, it would be nice to say that. But the fact is, they're our friends, they're our neighbors, they're our family, they're the teachers, you know, they're, they're people in our community. And it's not, you know, we help the ones we can. Of course, we use that level of discernment, but we don't, we don't, um, we don't try to save anybody, right? We just be who we are. We be who we are and do what we do. And that gets people's attention. They notice those things. They can tell that you're different. They can tell you're not triggered. They can tell your nervous system isn't tweaked. And may, they may not identify that in their head saying, oh, your nervous system isn't as tweaked as everybody else's, unless they're a body worker, right? You'll know it. But, if, but they, will, they will notice that, wow, there's a calmness around you that's not around other people. Why is that? Maybe they'll get to the inquiry. Maybe they won't. It doesn't matter. But the fact is they'll notice. And then that, their inner me being will, if, it's if they are slated to be those that wake up, their inner being will not let them forget that. And they'll keep going back to that in their thoughts. And eventually they'll investigate. You know, we're examples. That's why I say we're way showers. We're not telling people what to do. We're just being who we are and frequency wise. And, and we show people what it looks like and people that can recognize it, wake up to it. And it is exhausting if you're not properly resourcing yourself, you really need to balance it out. Like that 10 minutes, like I said, I can't give it more than 10 minutes. If I give it more than 10 minutes, then, then it's going to take more energy than, than, you know, it's going to take more energy away from things that I truly want to be doing. So that's it. 10 minutes done. <laughs> and if I'm triggered now, I'm going into a forgiveness practice. I'm going into an internal process to transmute, transform. Okay. That's how I do it. And this is how my, my truth compass gets so sharp. And let me get back to the truth compass thing. So how my truth compass works is I'll hear something. I'll get exposed to some information. It won't make any sense at all in my head. Most of the time, sometimes it does, but most of the time it doesn't, but there's something that just gets activated and clicks inside. 
And when that activation and or click happens inside, it's like I, I have like an oh. And then over time, it all will start to make sense. So my truth compass many years ago directed me towards a, a body of information. And that body of information was about how the powers that be, you know, the elites and the interdimensional empire that's, you know, losing off of the life force on this planet and many other planets, but especially this one right now, how the transition of power from the elites back to the people is going to look like just how much is going to have to shift for their grip on power to break. Okay. Now we saw the depth, the, the, the extent of the grip of power with COVID, right? We saw that. And, and, and really it was revealing even long before that, for those of us who are in the holistic industry, we, we saw that very clearly for decades, right? But it really showed itself in full view when the, when the La Cucaracha came around. So now that we're on the other side of La Cucaracha, things are kind of going back to normal. It seems like we lost some, some rights here and there. Like we don't, we're, we're not totally back to normal, but we're sort of kind of normal in certain ways, right? But the powers of B, that B are still in power, okay? If anything, they're more in power in a lot of ways. So this to me is validating what my truth compass showed me was that's happening, how they're going to get, lose their grip of power. So the next piece is where I started in the beginning with the CMEs and the radiation and um, all this stuff. And that is, you know, nature is amazing. Nature is amazing. Anytime there's a problem creating a massive world imbalance, mother nature comes up with a solution without, without fail. Always. Mother nature will always come up with a solution. And what's mother's nature's solution to radiation? You guys know the answer to this? <laughs> Those of you guys who go through the documentaries on Netflix maybe have, have an answer for this. It's, it's mushrooms. It's mycelium. Okay. Chernobyl, the great, you know, the great disaster in Chernobyl left hundreds of square miles abandoned and they went back and started to just see what, what are the state of things. And of course they found nature thriving, but they also found a very unusual mycelium in the ground that is actually transmuting, transforming the radiation, a mycelium, transmuting, transforming radiation. Okay. Now, it's not just uh, atomic radiation that the mycelium can transform. Now, this is the information that my truth compass told me was true back in the 90s, okay? Mycelium is actually going to be the solution to the bombardment of cosmic radiation when, when it gets too far in our the planet's electromagnetic field. There is a very potent mycelium that's that's um will be inundating everything that's affected by this cosmic radiation whether it be gamma rays whether it be from you know what you know cygnus from novas from cmes whatever all this the spectrum of radiation is going to be getting absorbed by this mycelium okay but there's a problem there's a problem all right and this is why that clip that I put there. You guys need to see that. Um, I, I posted it earlier. Hopefully you guys had a chance to see it. It's a really cheesy interaction of channeled information, but, um, but it's so cheesy. I had to laugh. It's like, no one's going to take it seriously. But then every, but I also remembered what my truth compass told me all those years ago. And it was, it was reinforcing that. So I was like, okay, yeah, there is something about this. And then, uh, then I go to that documentary about the mycelium they discovered in the forest around Chernobyl. And then it also, um, then it also hit me with these articles that dear sister, um, uh, oh shoot. Now I can't remember which ones I think it was, um, Oh, shoot. I can't remember which one. You changed your name. So that's also the other thing. You changed your handle and I don't remember right top of my head. Well, I don't want to call her out by her real name. She has a different handle now. But um, she posted some news articles about fungus in, in, um, infecting 
infesting our food supply and it is not susceptible. It is uh, resistant to all fungal sides and any other fungal pharmaceutical that's out there. Okay. And it kills people with depressed immune systems and um, you know, it can be deadly. So all these dots kind of came together and I realized, oh, okay, this will be something else to break the system. Okay. And that's because when it comes to our food supply, you guys know this, the way we grow our food is absolutely awful. You know, we spray everything with glue to, with, um, with Roundup that, that kills everything. It goes into our water and affects our fish and affects, you know, affects all life. The whole ecosystem gets affected by the crap that we're spraying on our vegetables and fruits. And just the way we farm is very, very um, disrespectful to the ecosystem. Now, there's a lot of ways of farming with permaculture and, you know, other ways where people discovered how to regeneratively farm. So that is a great thing. So the technology is already out there. But I can see this fungal issue infecting traditional ways that crops are grown. So what's that going to do? That's going to affect our food supply. But there's more. Wait, there's more. I know I'm trying not to get too. I know it's doom and gloom, but it's not. It's not doom and gloom. What it is, it's doing what it needs to do to break the system. Okay, it's doing what it needs to do to break the grip that the powers that be have over all of our systems. I'm talking about breaking the um, the uh, the structures of these Saturn Saturn Dark Lords have over our systems. Okay, I've talked about these Saturn Dark Lords. It's it's government. It's military. It's our medicine. It's our education system. It's the way we grow. It's our food system. Okay, there's there's all these layers that have to have to have their reckoning. And this fungus is not only something that will help us, right? Because it's transmuting radiation, so keeping our environment livable, but it's also something that's gonna destroy the way we traditionally grow crops. And very quickly, people will figure this out. And I'm gonna tell you right now, no one's gonna, you're not gonna starve, okay? You're not gonna starve, why? Because there's something called sprouting. You don't need any kind of, you don't need light for sprouting. You don't, you don't need anything but, but any bean, any seed, okay, any legume, any seed. Um, you can do it with rice. You can do it with almost anything. You soak it. It starts to sprout. And those sprouts are so freaking nutritious. They are more nutritious than anything else you can possibly eat, okay? So, I mean, and, and it doesn't take a lot to do it. You can have food within a few days, within a few days, Okay, so if if things really got bad, there are still our ways to feed ourselves. And I'm just nice, not saying it's never it's going to get to that level, but I'm saying if it did, there are ways. Okay, and there's also um, and then all right. The other thing is is that weakening of the electromagnetic field means that we're going to have meteor showers. But these meteor showers aren't going to be beautiful. They're not going to stay just as beautiful shooting stars in our night sky. They're actually going to be meteors hitting and destroying buildings. Okay, which means the um, you know the way we build our structures are going to have to change. Now. Use your own truth compass with what I'm talking about. I'm somebody who jumps timelines very quickly. So it could be I'm, I'm, I, am, I am traversing timelines that aren't in your potential. So do keep that in mind, you know, because I'm, I'm full on multidimensional. This is how my life just is. Everything that's happening in my life, <laughs> you know what I mean, has a purpose to it. It's like I need to visit certain things in order to transmute, transform them. And then I keep moving. And sometimes I'm on this timeline where um, the structures that be are, are going to be here for a lot longer. And sometimes I'm on a timeline where the end of those structures are much closer, like within just a couple of years. So, um, so I'm just giving you a perspective here of a multidimensional. You are on your way, if not already, a multidimensional too, which means you can traverse these timelines just as fluidly as I do. Okay. All right. Let me get to a couple questions here. Oh, yeah. So the other thing, um, the um, ascension. Yeah, I don't I don't like that word because I feel like that's a 
that's overused. Ascension to me is actually multidimensionals waking up to who they are and we start taking over creating from the quantum. That's what Ascension is to me. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, everything's hunky dory. It means that we are creating from a completely different place than we have been for many, many um, hundreds of thousands of years, in my opinion. So, uh, so that's where I'm at with that. All right. Young trick named Jim. Hey, what's up? He says, as a light worker, I find it especially important to keep up with the BS so we can understand what people are so upset about. None of it is exhausting for me as it's instantly transmuted, but my partner avoids staying up, up to date on all of it as it exhausts her. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's wherever you're at. Right. Um, then he goes on to say, most often it's nothing of value for our lives, but everyone now and then there's something that every now and again, then there's something that might actually affect what we do and plan. Okay. All right. Then we go, he goes on to say, mushrooms are incredible. My partner and I forage every year. Oh man, lucky dogs. You two, um, Really looking forward to this upcoming season, hoping we get a wet one. Awesome. Thank you. Wow. Do they have wet seasons there in Southern Colorado? That's interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm saying lucky dog because you guys have the knowledge to forage for mushrooms. Most, most people don't. Most people don't have that knowledge. But, um, but it's very, yeah, it's very valuable to know, to have that. So, Right. And you may want to ask, like, why does it drain some people and not others? You know, it, it really depends. It depends on your energy and your energy makeup and how you operate. You know, uh, you know, being well resourced is kind of like the common denominator, no matter how your energy operates. As long as you're well resourced, you'll be able to maintain uh, um, uh, good energy while, you know, to get done what you want to be getting done within any particular with any particular spectrum of, of experience. Um, stepping out of time is probably the biggest thing though. You really is stepping outside of time, but you know, we rest when we need to rest. We eat when we need to eat. We don't, we don't not eat because it's not according to some diet that we're on. Right. Or we don't not sleep because, you know, because we have a, B and C to do. No, if your body needs rest, you rest. If your body needs exercise, you exercise. If you need stretching, you stretch. If you need some, you need some vagal, uh, vagus nerve stimulation, you do vagus nerve stimulation. You know what I mean? You do what you feel is your bio suit needs. This is how we keep ourselves up. So, uh, okay. So let me get, keep going with the, with the whole, uh, uh, narrative with these, with these changes. So the earth changes means, you know, this is part of a cycle. This means we are in a cycle, which means we are all going to be forced forced to adapt to these changes. We're being forced to adapt. We're being forced to be in right relationship with our environment. Okay. There is no telling mother nature what to do. I'm sorry. I don't care how much terraforming they're doing with the chemtrails or whatever. They're not going to tell mother nature what to do. Pachamama has made her decision through the hearts of the people. Okay. The hearts of the people have spoken that peace, we want peace. This happened three generations ago. That means all of us were seated three generations ago. Our grandparents seated us with that decision that they wanted peace. Okay. So it doesn't, so now the powers that be, they're going to, their structures are going to, um, fall. And these things that are happening, though they're intense, yes, they're going to change our lives forever. Yes, they're going to change society forever. Yes, it's going to change the climate and how we exist forever or for our lifetimes, right? For many lifetimes. Um, it all has to happen. So these structures don't have the kind of control that they've had for so long. That's just how it goes. We've been asking for this and what is, what force is bringing this into our, bringing this into our lives? Our dear friend, Pluto, Pluto creates generations, right? It prepares the generations for the change, for the changes that are coming. So I have a really interesting perspective here to share with you guys. And this comes from a dear friend, uh, Raylan. She's in our academy. She's our resident astrologer. She does our planetary, um, our planetary um, activations. 
encodement activations. And, uh, and we've been in conversation about Western astrology versus Vedic astrology. And she pointed something out very, very interesting about Pluto in Western and then in Vedic astrology. And here it is. This is where I'll leave you. I'll leave you guys to think about this. This is fascinating. It's fascinating. So the thing that always gets me about Western astrology versus Vedic astrology is that I resonate with both. It's like, how can that be so? How can they both be right? That's weird. Like, I, I need to, I want to understand why this is so. And this is where we've gotten from it. Oh, oh, first I have to talk about what the difference is. Okay, so the difference between Vedic astrology and Western astrology is that in Western astrology, all of the positions of the stars, the celestial bodies are calculated as if the earth is spinning on a vertical axis, right? As if the earth is just spinning on a vertical axis like this, okay? But as you guys know, we have a wobble. And this is what Vedic astrology, Vedic astrology is telling us where these celestial bodies actual location is in relationship to us okay okay so western astrology is in resonance with western culture with the colonization mentality okay i'm talking about christianity i'm talking about the conquering of the indigenous all those things that um the conquistadors were a part of Many, many European countries were a part of, right? There was this, this act of colonization all around the globe. And with that came a particular kind of mentality, a predator mind mentality, actually. Okay. All this um, Christianity and all this stuff is, you know, Anunnaki control systems, which we talk about every so often. Anyway, um, so Western astrology resonates with the colonization colonization. Uh, culture, right? And that's why I would resonate with it because, you know, hey, I grew up in the West. That's what we have. Um, of course, Europeans also have the Western mind. I mean, there's all these different, uh, it's not just the United States. It's, it's, all, it's every place that's been colonized resonates within this, within this, uh, this context. But then you have Vedic astrology, which is the astrology of the entire planet, the consciousness of this entire planet, colonized or not, okay? And so the things that happen in Vedic astrology are something that resonate for the entire planet, not just the colonized mind, okay? Not just the colonized mind. And Pluto shows us this, and this is how. This is, I mean, you guys stop me if you... <laughs> I, 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 she said this and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Anyway, uh, I look forward to her writing her book about this. So in 2008, Pluto in Western astrology, Pluto went into Capricorn in 2008. And during 2008, I don't know if you guys remember, that was the great housing crisis where the corruption of the banking industry, our governing bodies, our regulatory bodies, all of that exploded. It was, they called it the housing crisis, right? And, and you know, it would have blown up sooner, but the corruption within that system was propping it up. So they just couldn't prop it up anymore. Then the whole thing exploded. And of course, the opportunistic ones walked away with billions of dollars and a lot of people lost their houses. And, you know, of course, our government gave this huge amount of money to the banking system. But really, the integrity of the banking system never really recovered from that global, all the colonization, all the colonize, all the people that were dealing with the World Bank realized the depth of the corruption. And a lot of people took a really big hit not just the ones in the United States. That was in 2008. That was huge because that's also what changed my family forever. I mean, we, we completely shifted tracks when that happened. And, um, and I'm so, so happy to report that it was definitely for the good. I was able to get us out of that, the rut that, that they, they were going to stay in and reinvent ourselves and go in a completely different direction. And that's how we ended up in Colorado, actually. So, so, uh, so that was in 2008. But in Vedic astrology, 
Guess when Pluto actually went into Capricorn? Okay, time's up. February of 2020. That is when Pluto actually went into Capricorn. And what happened February 2020? Yep, you got it. The cucaracha, right? And that affected the entire globe, the entire globe. Nobody didn't feel the effects of that, right? So Pluto is going to, in Vedic astrology, Pluto is going to be in Capricorn for uh, at least, let's see, I think 30 uh, till 2038. So the change has only begun, right? The Lukukaracha was just the start. There is so much more to come, okay? Now, with the housing crisis, if you guys um, remember that, if you guys were around for that, that was, you know, the, the housing bubble exploded and then people started to realize what, you know, what was actually going on. And then all kinds of people got thrown under the bus. Of course, nobody went to jail. They should have. They're all criminally liable. <laughs> but white collars never, you know, it seems like they never go to jail because they're, in, you know, because they're, um, you know, in bed with really powerful people that want them to keep doing things to make them money. So, of course, they, they want to keep them around. But there were a lot of people in that industry that woke up to realize that that industry, just how deep the corruption goes. Matter of fact, there were a lot of everyday people that said, screw that. I'm just going to stop paying my rent or I'm going to stop paying my mortgage. <laughs> you know, these people are going to rip people off. I'm not going to pay, you know, and they got away with that. Okay, so there was a lot of people realized that there was an opportunity happening with that whole shakeup going on, right? A lot of people. And actually, I know a few people that were, that were in Wall Street, like really in that industry that woke up and grew a conscience and realized, I don't want to live my life like this. I don't want to be this corrupt character. I, I, it's like they grew a conscience all of a sudden and started dedicating their life towards prayer and self-cultivation and healing and forgiveness okay <laughs> i mean really i mean think about this like major investment banker type people waking up to actually realizing that, that that's not who they want to be anymore they 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 and they walk away from that life from that industry i mean there's quite a few i've met several of them in my travels around the world so uh, this is not um, just a one-off thing. Many, it really shifted the consciousness of many, many people across the board in all walks of life um, during that time. So the cucaracha, that's waking up a lot of people to a lot of things. And the people that have stayed on, stayed in the one side, you know, are, are realizing now that, oh my gosh, this is really crazy. I read a tweet not that long ago where there was a um, news anchor um, oh, no, she was a former, she, I'm sorry, she was a journalist. And uh, she's always been pro, you know, all of the narratives and stuff. But then she was um, posting her sadness because she has so many friends dying around her. Like she knows personally three, four, and then the fifth person recently died uh, for no reason whatsoever. They just died in their sleep, right? So... Well, we know what that's about. I don't, I don't need to go into that. All right. Oh, funny. Yeah, so Young Trick. Yeah, you guys go to a different range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, funny. Cool, cool, cool. Well, good luck with the harvesting season. I hope you guys get a wet one. Um, and I hope this talk was helpful to help you guys recognize these fields of consciousness and these zones of consciousness that you can choose to dial in with. You know, if we get triggered, we need to deal with that trigger so it doesn't hook us and we're out of control. We transmute it, transform it, and then we're back, right? Transmute, transform, and then we're back. And then as we more deeply integrate, we're able to anchor these other collective fields of consciousness, which everybody benefits from whether they're awake or not, it doesn't matter. So we have, you know, also all those fallen consciousness grids, they're collapsing, but some of them are still up. Some of them are real strong, but the more of our consciousness grids, our multidimensional aspects anchor in, that we're going to eventually override that. And then 
the all of the collective gets informed subconsciously with a higher evolved collective conscious, not one that's mired in polarity and um, and predatorship. Okay, angelic consciousness grids, benevolent consciousness grids, grids where people want to live in harmony with each other. People want to live in harmony with life, where we reclaim ourselves as sacred children of this planet, okay? And once those are the dominant grids, all of the collective is informed by that. All of the collective is informed by that. Whether they're awake or not, spiritual or not, doesn't matter. They're all subconsciously informed by that. And then we'll, you know, as a collective, we'll be going in a different direction instead of the debauchery and the, the anti-life stuff that's going on now, you know. So we have that choice. We, we do our personal work, and then we are sovereign in those choices that we're making. All right, darlings, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you guys so much. Uh, I really appreciate being able to talk on this level with y'all. Um, if you guys are um, interested in diving into doing your part and dreaming the world into being and you want to join a community of people doing this, I encourage you to check out the Dreamtime Healing Project. That's on our website, lifebodyacademy.com, the Dreamtime Healing Project. This is where we start equipping you with tools and techniques on how to get command of your energy as a sensitive empath and how to really manage your sensitivities, but then also step into dream tracking, tracking your dreams, but also other people's dreams. And together in a collective dream, we navigate the limitations of those collected fields until we get to the, the actual transmissions coming directly from our spirit. And we download those as transmissions and digest them. And we quite literally, as a collective, are doing our part in dreaming the world into being and bringing amazing transformations, amazing realizations, amazing expansions of consciousness and DNA activations and more forward from our group dream process. So that's the Dreamtime Healing Project at lightbodyacademy.com. Lots of love to you guys. We shall see you next time. Bye-bye.